Hello and welcome to the debut episode of Justice at Work on Business Radio X. Justice at Work provides you with key information and insight about employment law and your rights every month as partners Amanda Farahani and Kathy Harrington-Sullivan will discuss the different types of cases they handle most often. This show is presented by Barrett and Farahani, a highly experienced employment law team that believes strongly in helping individuals fight injustice in the workplace. Now, timing is everything, and as we launch this brand new show, we are in the midst of a viral pandemic that has turned everything upside down, and so I know that will be a big topic in today's program. So, to kick things off, I'm going to turn things over to Amanda, and Amanda, I'll allow you to introduce Kathy and take it from here. Great. Thank you, Mike. I so appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk to people today about what's going on in the workplace and what's happening in people's lives right now. It is a scary, scary time for everybody. And we want to be here to be able to answer those questions for employees and people who are out in the workforce and about what it is that they're trying to do. As you said, Barrett and Farahani is an employment law firm. We represent only employees. And our goal right now during this pandemic is to be giving people timely information about what they can do and what their rights are and what those resources might be. I want to introduce Kathy Harrington-Sullivan, who's a partner in Barrett and Farahani, with me as well. And Kathy is the head of our case evaluation team. And what that means is that Barrett and Farahani, we do things a little different than other firms. We have attorneys that are there to answer the questions for people when they call. And so instead of having the kinds of places other firms might be out there where you call and you're talking to a staff member, at Barrett and Farahani, you're going to be talking to Kathy or one of Kathy's teammates to be able to understand what your rights are. So Kathy, I want you to talk a little bit just about the case evaluation team to start with and what people might expect if they got a call to the firm. When you call our firm, you will get to talk live with an attorney and we will evaluate your case. And even if it's a case that the firm can't take for whatever reason, maybe it's not an actual violation of the law, it's just an unfair work circumstance, then our attorneys are going to try to give you the best information and advice possible about what steps you can take to protect yourself and your job, you know, as things stand. So I think we're a little bit different in that respect, too. We still want to talk to you, even if it's a case we can't take. We want to help you and give you information and educate you about what the law is, you know, and where you're protected and where you're not protected. So, Kathy, I know right now that our listeners are having a lot of questions about what their rights might be in the workplace, but they're worried about having the resources to be able to afford an attorney. What does your team charge people who call about their own rights? A consultation with our team of case evaluation specialists at Barrett and Parahani, our team of attorneys, is completely complimentary. So that's not one thing that people are going to have to worry about how to pay for the call with with us. We're going to talk with you at no cost. And if we're able to take your case, we typically do that on a contingency basis. So we're not going to add to the worries that people have about money right now and how they're going to pay for things with their with their jobs being at stake. I'm sure a lot of people have questions that relate to maybe not even having a case, but what's going on with COVID-19 and what's happening with the pandemic in the workplace. Are you comfortable today to be talking to people about what those are and and having our team talk to them as well if they call in? Yes, absolutely. I think that even though the relief measures they put in place last week are brand new and the federal regulations haven't been built up around those to help us interpret those 
super specifically, we can still speak to what those regulations are going to mean to people in the coming weeks once they are in place and what those new laws are going to confer in terms of employee rights and what kind of relief you may have available to you during this pandemic. Well, let's talk a little bit about what that looks like for our listeners. To start with, there's a lot of people that are losing their jobs right now. What about those people where the companies are shuttering or the, the industry is like entertainment where there's just not any work? What can employees in that industry do right now and, and what are their rights? If you are employed and you are told by your employer that there's going to be reduced work available for you or that you're being laid off because of the pandemic, the DOL has just put regulations in place that will help you get unemployment. And it actually, those regulations put the onus on the employer to file for you and cite those reasons as COVID-19 being part of the problem about why you're being laid off. So there are some unemployment benefits. They're trying to make those a little bit easier for people to obtain when COVID is the basis for, you know, that lack of work. Does that mean that our, that employees who've been laid off have to go to the Department of Labor, the unemployment office and apply for this themselves? No, no, the onus is on the employers in that case. If, if the reason that the layoff occurred or the lack of work is occurring is because of COVID, then the onus is absolutely on the employer to file that unemployment. And if they don't do that, if they don't file, then they are going to be responsible for reimbursing the Department of Labor for those unemployment benefits paid to the employee. So they don't have to go down to the Department of Labor and that's just going to be automatically done for them as long as the employer is doing the right thing. Is that right? As long as the employer is doing the right thing and COVID is the reason for the layoff. Now, if COVID's not the reason, if that is not put forward as a reason, then the employer would still have to file for their own benefits. But the Department of Labor has made it such that they can file online right now because obviously everybody's doing the social distancing. A lot of businesses are closing to foot traffic. So the DOL has gotten on board with online filing as a result of this pandemic. That's good. I know we don't want people going out and exposing themselves in in this time when social distancing and and staying at home is the better way and the safer way to go. What if people aren't laid off in full, but their hours are reduced? What happens then? Same. If your hours are reduced as a result of COVID, then your employer is responsible to file unemployment to fill the gap for you and to report that as the reason for the reduction in hours. What does unemployment cover? I mean, what what kind of benefits can people expect to get when they're filing for unemployment? If my hours have been reduced, then again, it should fill the gap between what my hours normally are and what my hours are under the new reduction. So you can think of it sort of like a gap filler, right? If I'm laid off altogether, then the gap is 100%. It's, you know, it should cover 100%. uh, Let me back up, not 100% of my wages, but it will cover me based on what 100% of my income is. And that formula is something that the DOL works out based on what your income level is. The maximum is 300-ish dollars a week. 330 a week. And Mm -hmm. the way they look at it is they take the last two highest quarters Divide it by 42, and that gets you your weekly wages to a maximum of 330 a week. So it's not going to fulfill everybody's full needs, obviously, because there's people who are making more than that. But 
hopefully that's going to help some, at least with, with ensuring that people who are out there are able to get some income coming in during this period of time. And I know one of the other things that we typically see with unemployment is there's at least a week delay that people have to wait before they get unemployment. And as I understand it, the Georgia Department of Labor is, is waiving that week and going straight to direct deposit for people. Yeah, I do think they are trying to make it much easier, especially where the employer is reporting that COVID is the reason. I think the DOL is trying to make it easier for people to get their money more quickly. So one of the things I've heard about are, are employers that are making people still come to work, even in the midst of all of this. You know, there's employees who are feeling like that's a really unsafe thing to do, even though there may be no public available to come. And example, one of the people I know that's working for the court system and the court's telling them they've got to still come in, even though they can work remotely. What would you tell employees that are having that kind of problem at the workplace? I'd say that your employer can still make you come to work. I mean, they they can expect that you can come to work. I would try to have a reasonable conversation with them if you're able to do your work remotely, that it is more safe to do so. And of course, if you work in a place where there is no foot traffic because of the closures, then that at least reduces your risk a little bit. But for now, I think employers can require people to report to work. However, if you're an employee who is affected by COVID or you're caring for a family member affected by COVID, there are some new emergency regulations coming into play in the next couple of weeks that may give you some paid time off, may give you some extended FMLA leave, especially folks who have to stay at home with their children because the schools are closed or the caregivers can't show up because of COVID. So there are some relief points on the horizon, at least. Yeah, let's talk about those. I know the first one is under the Family Medical Leave Act. Typically under the Family Medical Leave Act, it's protecting you from caring for yourself if you have a serious health condition or caring for a family member with a serious health condition. But it only applies to employers that have more than 50 employees and for people who have worked more than a year. But Congress has recently passed some changes to that, right? There's a family medical leave expansion that is going to extend medical leave for employers of one to 499, so employers under 500 people who employ under 500 employees. It extends it to anyone who's been there more than 30 days, and that's going to be probably limited to circumstances where they're unable to work or telework because they need to care for a minor son or daughter because of the school closures or childcare not being available because of COVID. First 10 days are unpaid, but again, that overlaps with the paid sick time piece, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then beyond that, if they need further time because the schools stay closed or your childcare stays unavailable, then you can get up to 12 weeks total and you'd be paid at two thirds your regular rate with the max on that of $200 a day, or I believe a $10,000 maximum total. And that's not what FMLA typically covers, right? FMLA is typically an unpaid leave. Yes, typically. And, you know, one of the things that we're trying to clarify for people where there's some misunderstanding is that FMLA normally covers a serious health condition. And typically the flu does not fall within that category. Usually with the flu, it's a virus, you can't really treat it. However, COVID has got some very, very serious health consequences for many people, obviously. And so at the point where it, it turns into a treatable condition, then it, it may qualify for regular FMLA, which is 
anybody who's been there a year or longer with more than 50 employees in a 75 mile radius and has worked 1,250 hours in the previous year. So we're definitely trying to look closely at if people are having symptomatic COVID, then what are those symptoms? Are they being treated? And if so, that that's likely going to fall under regular FMLA. So you were talking about um, those first 10 days are unpaid leave under the FMLA, but Congress has passed some additional laws to protect employees for those first two weeks, right? Yes. For the first two weeks or 10 business days, there are about half a dozen reasons why employees would qualify for paid time off. The first three involve self-care. So if the employee themselves is subject to a federal, state, or local order to quarantine, or they've been advised by a healthcare provider to quarantine, or if they're experiencing symptoms of COVID and they're seeking a diagnosis for that, then those would all be reasons that would qualify them to get the two weeks of paid leave under this emergency paid sick leave act. The other three reasons have to do with caring for another person. So if they're caring for an individual who is subject to those same quarantines, or if they have a son or daughter whose school or place of childcare is unavailable. We know here in Atlanta that we've been given for the city a stay-at-home, a shelter-in-place order. And that stay-at-home order requires us to stay at home for the next 14 days unless we're going out for things that are essential, like getting groceries or prescriptions or taking care of our pets. What does that mean for employees as it relates to that paid leave and the quarantine orders? Does that mean everyone in Atlanta is going to be getting two weeks of paid time off? Well, if they are subject to the federal, state, local quarantine, which, you know, this is going to be a local quarantine order, then I think they would be eligible to get that paid time off. And I do believe that employers are being given a tax credit for a lot of the costs that they're having to bear in this as well. So our firm is able to work fully remotely, being able to telework during this period of time. Does that mean everyone in our firm is going to get two weeks paid off too? No, you have to be, you have to be unable to work or telework. And so that's a caveat for both the paid leave provision and the extended FMLA provision is that it has to be that the employee is unable to both work or telework. One of the other laws that I think are implicated in all of this is the Americans with Disabilities Act. Typically, the Americans with Disabilities Act is going to provide people from protection if they've got a disability or if the company perceives them to have a disability, even if they don't. With the scare with people traveling and being connected and touching and you know, not maybe even social distancing the way they are, what protections do employees have under the Americans with Disabilities Act as it relates to this pandemic? Again, normally the ADA protects employees from overly interested employers who would ask about their disability or their health specifically. But there's also there's a direct threat exception even under the Americans with Disabilities Act, which says that, you know, in the face of a direct threat to to the individual or to those around the individual, the employer can cross certain lines they may not be able to cross otherwise. What does it mean to be a direct threat? 
that's where, you know, there's something that's a significant risk of substantial harm to health or safety of the individuals or those around them at work, right? And it can't be eliminated or reduced by reasonable accommodation. The CDC and the public health authorities have declared that COVID-19, the pandemic meets the direct threat standard. So employers can ask people to work remotely and they can inquire about, you know, whether somebody is, is exhibiting symptoms of, of COVID and make decisions accordingly. Whereas normally if it were related to a disability, they wouldn't be allowed to do that. And once we get back into the workplace, which hopefully is going to be happening in the next few weeks, can an employer require an employee to turn over their temperature or can an employer take an employee's temperature before letting them come into the workplace? I think they can. And I think the reason for that is that there is a isolation period and there's a period they may not any longer be a threat. So I think that they are able to get baseline temperatures from people to see whether they believe the person is is contagious and reintroducing a threat into the workplace. As we get back to work, I think one of the things that we all are going to need to to remember is that we're in this together and to make sure that we're all protecting ourselves with our own safety, but also not really holding others to you know, not discriminating against others. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fear around how people are doing things, whether they're washing their hands enough. And I think if we're all making sure that we're following the guidelines for the CDC, and when we get back into the workplace that we're experiencing and we're you know, making sure that we're using social distancing and using all of the best procedures that we can, that we're going to be able to, to get our economy back going and, and moving forward. In the meantime, there's going to be obviously a dip for a lot of people and a lot of difficulty. One of the things that we're doing at Baird and Farahani is putting together a resource page. And there's a lot of, of resources and, and I think things out there that are showing businesses what they can do at this time and what resources and loans are available to them. But we haven't seen anything that's pulling together all the resources that might be available for individuals and people. So to start with, in the city of Atlanta, the water department has said that they're not going to be disconnecting water for 60 days. Uh, so regardless of whether anybody is in a situation where they have already been behind on their bills, they can be assured that they're going to have the clean water that we have for the city of Atlanta. Georgia Power also, obviously statewide there, has temporarily suspended their disconnections for 30 days. So we're going to have power. Everyone's going to make sure that they've got the power and the heating and air conditioning, whatever the temperature might be here in Atlanta. Uh, I think we've also seen some other specific industries like the restaurant industry that's really hit in this pandemic. And the Giving Kitchen is one of the great places that have been around for a long time. And they're there to give financial assistance to food service workers. So for those people who are looking for what those resources might be out there, come to the Barrett of Farahani website. That's justiceatwork.com. We're going to have a COVID-19 resource page that's available. What we want to know is, do you know of any resources that might be out there, places for people to turn to, things that might give them a helping hand in all of this? Let us know about it. We're going to post it onto our page, and we're going to be gathering those resources and putting it up for people as well. Kathy, what thoughts do you have for our listeners before we sign off here? One of the things I just want to point out, especially about, and I, I mentioned this today on social media 
about the the stay at home order. I think that, you know, one of the things that struck me about that order for Atlanta city limits is that they made an exception if you needed to check on another family or another individual or even somebody else's pet to make sure that they're getting the care they need and the medications they need maybe or food or, or just the basic. And I think that even though we all need to practice the distancing and be careful and be hygienic and wash hands. I think we don't need to lose sight of the fact that there are people out there who live alone. There are people who maybe be, be displaced and sheltering in place who have pets that need to be seen about or older Americans who can't get out and get groceries. And so I, I would just encourage people to as easy as it, is, as it is when you're isolating and you're social distancing to think about just me and my exposure think about other people and think about, is there anybody I can safely help, you know, through this who, who might not have any other resources for help? Because one of the things I said today is we're all in it together and, you know, lend a helping hand where you can and where it's safe to do so. Any questions that we could answer in the meantime, any resources that people know, hopefully we'll have those listed if you know people that are hiring, let us know. We'll post that on our site as well. And remember, we are all in this together and we will get through this. So Amanda, I know that you are involved with a company called My Panda. I think they would be especially useful at a time like this. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? My Panda is a personal assistant next door app. And so at mypandaapp.com, people can go download the app. And what that does is connects people who want to help with people who need help. And it's bringing people from within the community. Um, it's typically helping people with everything on their to-do list. But obviously right now we're limiting it to those kinds of things where people who are able to get out and about can help those people who are quarantined at home. So if you need someone to go buy your groceries and go pick up your prescription and come and get your dog and take it for a walk or, or whatever those errands are, that's available. There's some partnerships that we're doing as well with some of the local wine shops and alcohol stores, as well as some of the meat purveyors and grocery stores so that people can have all of those brought together. And, and there's, there's a services that are out there right now that can help with some of these other deliveries. What this does is it allows you to get all those things done at once. Uh, and our pandas, those personal assistants, are people who are wearing gloves, using all of the highest ethical and, and medical restrictions that are out there to make sure that if something is being delivered, that it's being done in a way that's as safe as possible. And so for people who need help or people who need to send help to someone else, for example, maybe their parents need something, they can send that to their parents and have all those types of things done. And that's also available for people who are, are open and willing to help. So right now, there are lots of people at home that want help. And there are people who have been quarantining for a while and are safe to go out and about um, and do those essential things and to help those people that are at home. So that's mypandaapp.com. And that's available for everybody in the metro Atlanta area. So we've got work for people to do as well as help for people who need it. And right now, are you offering special rates during this COVID? Yes. Yeah. What we see is that our app right now is something that's available just to connect those people that need help. Um, if people want to volunteer, that's an option to do that, as well as there's a reduction of prices to make sure that there's not profit going to the company right now. They're just paying. It, it's a connecting ability to pay those people who need work done um, with people who are willing and need that work to do. 
Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. We will be here once a month and we'll be in the studios. Hopefully next time, if not in the month after that, uh, we ourselves are practicing our social distancing. So we are calling in from our homes while we stay safe and we hope that you're staying safe as well. All right. Well, thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Kathy. And thank you to our listeners. This is Justice at Work on Business Radio X. And a reminder that you can enjoy this program anytime, 24-7, by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Justice at Work. This series is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Until our next program, please be safe. This has been Justice at Work on Business Radio X. We'll be right back. 